Hello, and welcome to A Tale of Two Bookworms. My name is Tony. I'm Kailea. And today we are reviewing Dawn by Elie Wiesel. Alright, the back of the book says, The short novel Dawn, the second book in Elie Wiesel's masterful Night Trilogy, which begins with the unforgettable memoir, Night, and includes with the acclaimed novel, Day previously titled The Accident, is a haunting meditation on guilt, moral ambiguity, and the justifications man makes to man for the act of murder. Elisha, a young Jewish Holocaust survivor now living as a terrorist in British-controlled Palestine, waits for dawn. It says awaits dawn. Wow, I can't read. When he has been ordered to kill a captive English officer. Caught between the manifold horrors of the past and the troubling dilemmas of the present, Elisha wrestles with guilt, ghosts, and ultimately God as he awaits the appointed hour for the act of assassination. Okay, that's the premise. Uh, Kylea, what did you think about the book? You know, it's funny that you always ask me what I think first. Well, you know that I don't do any planning. (laughs) (laughs) And there's been so many books in between this book that it's hard to remember. I remember... Let's see what I remember. Mm, brain working, not working. Uh, I thought it was interesting. I mean, like the back of the book says, it's mostly about that wrestling that you, when you have to do something that's so clearly wrong and immoral, but there's justification for it. Because if you don't do that, then something worse could possibly happen or you'll never get out of a bad situation unless you do the bad thing. And having to wrestle with that within yourself. So I thought it was interesting from that perspective and different ways that Elisha went to justify what he was going to do. And it kind of, you, you don't really know until the very end if he actually is going to follow through with it or not. Hmm. What did you think, Tony? I know you had differing opinions. Well, I found it dreadfully dull. Um, I thought the first book was a very important piece of, of, uh, w- literature and I thought the second one it, it just didn't ring with me uh, it's even shorter than night night is not very long dawn is only uh, 80 some pages and there just wasn't much to do with it as as far as as a plot goes you know um, the the guy has to kill somebody at dawn as we've said and that's it. I never thought there was any mystery about whether or not he was going to do it or not. I thought the whole thing was preordained. And um, what do you mean preordained? Like I thought, like it was, it was going to happen. I mean, it, but they... why did you think it was going to happen? Because the whole thing is his struggle with whether or not he's going to do it, whether or not he can follow through with it. I don't think he really had a choice, you know. Um, but why? Because that, that that's exactly what it was talking about is the choice that he has. Yeah. If he doesn't go through with it, what will happen? If then he does another go person through... will just kill him. Yeah, but then that that guilt isn't on him. I don't know. I don't think any of and that maybe guilt if, uh, if everybody... leaves him. Because I mean, it's a small group of people. Yes. That are that are the terrorists. So if he decides not to, and then that um, sends a ripple effect through the whole organization, then maybe nobody ends up killing him because nobody wants that on their conscience. It's possible, but never at any point did I think. That was a possibility in this book. I wonder why, though. I just thought the whole thing was so inevitable. Why? Because um, at no point did I entertain the thought that it couldn't but be. But maybe that's why you didn't enjoy it, because you didn't actually believe his struggle. I, I believed his struggle. Like, it's it's definitely a struggle 
of um of his morality and his having to to murder somebody but i i never saw it being a will i or won't i sort of thing and the reason is just that i i don't think it was presented in, in a way that made me think that it was even a possibility but you did yeah yeah okay uh, why because that that was his whole struggle was going back and forth is this something that he can have on his conscience is this something that he can go through with like even up until the very end he's he's not even sure if he's going to kill the officer or not mm -hmm. even the officer starts to possibly think that he's not going to do it i didn't find that at all interesting interesting yeah no i uh i i don't think the the soldier ever ever questioned it but you know um you, you people read different things um and i i the the friend of ours who lent us this book i i know that was something she said um was that it's she liked that it wasn't a happy ending that she thinks she thought a lot of books uh, have those happy endings and this one just it didn't give it to, I was to the reader pointed that it was a, a sad ending i was hoping that there was going to be some magical third scenario but that's me i'm the eternal optimist i suppose mm -hmm. even though i'm a, an extremely critical person <laughs> <laughs> eternally optimistic but always critical um yeah i i forget where i was going with that <laughs> continue on with something <laughs> okay um here's a question why do you think the author decided to write this book? Uh, it, uh, it said it in the preface that he wanted to know what he would do in that situation. Did you read the preface? Um, gosh, I don't remember. I don't think you did. <laughs> and uh, when I when I read, I said, "Well, it says so clearly here the intention of the book." Yeah, I, I thought I wrote down. Uh, his reason for writing the book but here i cannot find it in, in my notes <laughs> like he says oh yeah i did find it how are we ever to disarm evil and abolish death as a means to an end how are we ever to break the cycle of violence and rage can terror coexist with justice can hate engender anything but hate that was what the author said was why he wrote this book part, yeah it's partly part of it but it like it says here um suppose the american army instead of sending me to france had handed me a visa to the holy land would i have had the courage to join one of the movements that fought for the right of the jewish people to form an independent state in their ancestral homeland and if so could i have gone all the way in my commitment and killed a man a stranger would i have had the strength to claim him as a victim so I wrote this novel in order to explore distant memories and buried doubts. What would have become of me if I had not just one year in the camps, but two or four? If I had been appointed capo, or capo, I don't know how that's pronounced. Could I have struck a friend, humiliated an old man? And taking the questions further within the context of the narrative. And then that's where the quote that you just said came, comes in. Hmm. So, and and the, the question is right here. What will dawn bring for him? More darkness or the light of the coming day? Okay. So I think that, yeah, you just saw darkness. <laughs> and if it's something that you haven't struggled with in your life and thinking, what if you had grown up 
a different way or if you had been presented with different, more difficult situations that you have in your life. If you haven't had that struggle, then there's really nothing to relate to. And Ellie brings out murder as the the subject, because it could be anything. It could be thieving, it could be beating, but he calls it the ultimate violence, is murder. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I don't know, it's something that I consider often. And like it's not like the book was my favorite book or... I thoroughly enjoyed reading it, but I did appreciate that. And you also don't like debate, <laughs> really, right? You're, you're not one for, for arguing. But I love arguing, and I love having those those questions and um, going back and forth and, and thinking about things and from different angles. And like, well, what if I was in that situation? What would I do? Mm-hmm. Could I commit this crime or could I commit acts of violence in order to do something for the greater good and I don't know but these are things that I do think about so and even though it is fiction it's something that he's thought about and these are the kind of things that it's it's interesting that other people have those thoughts too and I don't know where I'm going with this (laughs) so it's just kind of interesting from that perspective Okay. And making me think about myself if I were in a similar situation and if I'd been groomed in a certain way. Because he's essentially groomed. Oh, for sure. When he's in France, yeah. these people like giving him something to live for because he has nothing to live for. And he's already suffered so much mm-hmm. that he thinks this is the way out, kind of. Yeah. No, the character's put in a, an awful situation. I mean going through a concentration camp and then coming out into France and not having a family, not having a background anymore. You know, he's stripped of everything that he was. And so I don't want to say that he's taken advantage of, but these people see him as a soldier, as a vessel, as as something that they can use. And I think that they provide for him as well. Like it's a very uh, symbiotic relationship um the the lead character and the people that that take him in and train him but i do think that uh it's interesting because i i don't know how much choice he's given i I mean not a whole lot Mm -hmm. like what what would you do you have one bad situation here's another situation that's slightly better yeah and it kind of reminds me of of gang life in not that I have any first-hand experience in gang life. You don't? Oh, surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, like, from from what I've heard, when I was living in Guatemala, there's a lot of children, and don't quote me on this, but this is just what I was told, is that they either have terrible home lives, or they're missing a parent, or their parents aren't around, so they find community within a gang Mm -hmm. and even though it's not a good life and for a lot of them it ends up with a very sad ending it's it takes that place of uh of a family a support group and for sure and so that's kind of and but i do think that's you said you didn't think they're taking advantage of him i think they absolutely are if you're if you look at somebody and you pick them out because they're in a horrific situation and they have not nothing to live for and you're like, oh, yeah, I want that person. That's completely taking advantage of them. Instead yeah. of seeing like somebody, oh, oh, they got their, they got everything together. I don't want to swear on this, but 
Um, they're totally capable people, but they're never going to go to our cause because we know our cause isn't uh, palatable. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think uh, taking advantage of is maybe maybe it's too strong of a way of putting it but really i i guess it's not um they they tr- turn him into a soldier um uh, almost a terrorist really um it would have been interesting to see what that character's life could have been if he was never selected by them cuz i think he was going to school right i think so yeah yeah but he's living in horrible poverty yeah he had nothing and he didn't speak french but he's living in france and yeah did he, he didn't learn french well or was it the german people there was well, when did he go to the youth camp bizarre bizarre parts of the story yes okay <laughs> the youth camp um, he, it, it i thought they france. all spoke yeah they all but they all spoke french and he didn't and there was this at one girl first, yes what do you mean at first? I think he learned French later. At but the when youth he f- camp? I think so. But when he first got there. It was only like, it was a very short term thing. I don't remember now. It but was there one, was definitely... no, because there was one girl that, because um, none of them could speak German. Except for one, she ended up being able to speak to him and they, they become fast friends. And yeah, then, the girl. And uh, they Catherine. suddenly have sex in the forest. That was a weird scene. I was like, this is so unnecessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But so common in novels, I've been finding recently. So, what do you think the purpose of that scene is? The the scene with Catherine. I don't know that he got to. What's the the term? Fall in love? No, he's. I don't, that wasn't love. That was... He thought it was. Um, basically, the the whole relationship is is just sex uh for Catherine, and and he ends up falling in love with her because he's young he's impressionable and he tells her this and that's when for Catherine, it all ends she's like no no anything but that don't don't fall in love with me and then poof the relationship's over hmm. it was such an odd part of the book i did not understand the purpose well if you put it that way then that's just him being rejected again so when he finds something that he quote unquote believes in, then it just disappears again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he he finds something to love, and it it deserts him. It is no longer there. So if he has nothing, then he's more likely to. Interesting. And if that's his only experience with women, then he might that might leave a bad impression. Instead of like, no, I like to stay in France and find a lovely lady and settle down. It's like, no, I got nothing here. <laughs> Women aren't nice to me. I got no money. I might as well fight for a country that doesn't yet exist. Did it yet exist? Palestine? No, because they're they're they wanted to establish Israel. Oh, I thought Israel was already established at this point. These was were it? people in in Palestine. Let it was me British check. occupied Palestine. Yes, but I thought the the Brits gave over palestine so that the jews could have a homeland which didn't go over too well no uh israel was already founded at this point it was founded in uh 1948 and this takes place in the 50s i believe i don't think so it was right after the war i'm pretty sure let's see 
You check the book. I will check the, <laughs> the internet. Okay. You're better at checking through No, because he was only in... Does it even say? I don't know if it says Because he never talks about Israel at all. They just talk about Palestine. Yeah, it's true. Um, I'm pretty sure it was less than... Because the war ended in 40... 45. 45. So I'm pretty sure this is within three years of it ending. I, I can't find it. I thought for sure it was in the 50s. No, I don't know where you got that idea. It was published in 61. That doesn't mean anything. No, it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, he was at a youth camp in Normandy for a month. Came across that. So yeah, no, this is definitely within three years. So I think this is... I need to know more about history. This is a subject that I am very lacking in. Yeah, same for me. Not something I, uh, I, I know too much about. But like it, it's not. It didn't see like it was fighting for a homeland for the Jews. It wasn't fighting for more of a homeland for the Jews. That wasn't the impression that I got. No, you're right, and that was also what I was thinking. I don't know why I, I thought the book took place in in the fifties because it, it does make more sense that it was around the time of the founding of Israel. Yeah, it does. Which is why they're they're fighting for it because they've been kicked around so much like, kicked please. around all over <laughs> all, all over the over globe <laughs> the globe yeah uh. um do you think the book was more about uh trying to justify his necessary act or justifying his murder by blaming his enemies interesting what was the first one again uh whether he's just trying to justify his act as necessary I thought it was more that okay. than the latter. Mm -hmm. I mean, there obviously is some points of like, but they humanized. Like when he met the officer, he's like, oh, he's not what I expected. He's, and he ends up, and they end up having a conversation and chatting. And it's like, well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought the officer was quite a mature character. He didn't, he didn't plead. He didn't try to guilt uh, the protagonist into not doing it he didn't make his situation worse you know he was just there he understood the situation and he took it very calmly mm -hmm. and was i think a, a likable character for as little of the book as he was in yeah um but there are in the book excuses used to justify murder by mm -hmm. by the protagonist uh there's a quote here which which lends itself to maybe justifying his murder by blaming his enemies. I'm not supporting it. I'm just saying this quote uh, lends to it. John Dawson has made me a murderer, I said to myself. He has made me the murderer of John Dawson. He deserves my hate. Were it not for him, I might still be a murderer, but I wouldn't be the murderer of John Dawson. I think that's just trying to appease his own guilt. I do too. Because he's... But he's not actually blaming john dawson because that's a very roundabout way he's like <laughs> john dawson is my enemy because he's my enemy <laughs> mm -hmm. because he made me murder him because mm -hmm. he's my enemy mm -hmm. it's just like mm, no, that's, that's a very odd way of trying to make something logical it's not logical no because he, he's not actually his enemy the only reason he's his supposed enemy is because of the situation because they're on different sides yeah if they met each other in the streets they could probably be fast friends mm -hmm. but because of what 
the the terrorist group wants and what the British are unwilling to give at that time, then they they are supposed enemies. So he's like trying to like ah well you make you're making me murder you so you're my enemy now. Yeah. So like nobody's like he's trying to convince himself. Yeah. I think. So mm-hmm. he's jumping around and trying to make these webs to convince himself that what he's doing is okay because if he knows what he's doing is not okay and he can't convince himself of that then he's gonna have to live with that that weight for his the rest of his life so you think trying to justify his necessary act yeah yeah okay yeah i agree and i do think for him in in the position he's in in the the choices he's made to get to this point it is a necessary act yeah like i like i said before i don't think he has a choice because what they say is if i I forget what the the quote is but they say the british don't believe them because the jews always back down they always make threats and then they never follow through with them so they said we have to follow through with this or else we'll they'll they'll still they'll never believe us because we never follow through with it because we're too i don't want to say good but they it's not what they really want to be doing is just going out and killing British soldiers. They, mm-hmm. what they really want is for their person to be released. They want a homeland. They want yeah fair treatment because the the Brits, or the English, I guess I should say, soldiers have been killing lots of terrorists mm-hmm. of on the of the Jewish terrorist organization. Did they have a name for it? I don't um, remember. I don't think he named it. There might be a name, but I don't I, remember. I don't it. remember. Yeah. So long ago now. Um, yeah, because the, the the English have been killing the so many of the the Jewish terrorists, mm-hmm. and all they did was I mean, you don't want to say all they did, but they were just doing one in retribution because at the same time, one of their fellow terrorists was going to be murdered at dawn. Mm-hmm. So even though the terrorist that was getting murdered at dawn had been caught in the act of terrorism. They they had stolen um, items for warfare. Guns. <laughs> I think it was a little more than guns, wasn't it? I thought there was grenades. some like grenades. Yeah. But but they Weapons. ended up they ended up killing someone yes. at the base yeah. in that. So I mean there's like there's so much violence and so much killing of other people and none of it like is it justified? Because yeah. are the are the English justified in killing the terrorist for doing the act of terrorism and killing somebody else? So if they're justified in doing it, so then are the terrorists justified in killing a British soldier, even if they're a random British soldier, English soldier? So that those are the the questions, mm-hmm. and that's what he, at least my perspective of his book was. He wants to make you think about those and. Is it justified? Who's justified? And when is someone not justified? I think, I mean, as much as anyone is justified in acts of murder, which we all agree would be better if it didn't happen. But in Do these we, terms, in these terms, it seems like they, they were necessary. And I feel like all the players were justified. In, in what they did because to for each side it, it was but then if everyone's justified how is it going to end and that's that's definitely what the author was pondering yeah um and that's what he wanted to make people think 
is what is the point of this thing can we get beyond it Mm -hmm. and it's a it's a hard subject matter i feel like i would have liked to see the ideas more more delved into i would have liked to see more of a plot with this book i thought it was just a little too too much one event well, I think he just wanted to get his ideas out as opposed to making it actually into a story. So he put a story around his his own questions hmm. instead of making a a narrative mm-hmm. that asks those questions. Mm-hmm. Interesting, yeah. So I think like if you go into that mindset, if any of you are planning on reading the book, although I'm sure we've ruined it by now, <laughs> you go into the mindset that it's not... Did we engage in spoilers? Oh my. Do we do that every time? Do we? <laughs> Who knows? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. Yeah. If this is your first time, yes, every time. <laughs> Always spoilers. Yeah. How can you fully talk about a book unless you can talk about the ending? Well, this, that, that is very, very true. Um, okay, just a couple more things before we, before we sign off. Uh, how do you feel this serves as a sequel tonight? Eh, no. Yeah. No, I, and like to think about that there's another one day, I was like, those two were so disjointed. The the writing style, the fact that one's fiction and the other one's... A memoir. A memoir. (laughs) Like, no, they, I know they both deal with the same time period and a Jewish person who's gone through the Holocaust, but Mm -hmm. they, no, no, I, I... For me, it would have been better as a as a standalone instead of saying that it's part of a trilogy. I completely agree. New name, please. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. You can do whatever you want. Elisabeth. Okay, uh, a couple quotes uh, as we usually like to end here. Uh, the silence of two people is deeper than the silence of one. I needed to know that there was such a thing as love and that it brought smiles and joy in its wake. And finally, war is like night. It covers everything. Yes. You know what that reminded me of? The first quote. I don't know why I did. But I think one thing I found annoying was that all the women in the the book would always say, Poor boy! Poor boy! Oh yeah, I forgot about that. And usually while crying. The, the French girl, his mother... I think, and the think you're right. the the lady the who voice talks on at the, the end. Yeah, yeah. the main well, guy's I called girlfriend. Her the voice. She was yeah. just the person who was the voice of the movement. I think saying, that's what they called it. Was the movement? Yeah, if, probably. If anything, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, oh my, is that all good? Is that all women are good for? Is crying and saying, "Poor boy, poor boy." <laughs> but I guess that's, I don't know. He was a poor boy. He. He was if a he had grown boy. up in a different time, in a different place, things might have gone a lot better for him. Well, almost certainly. <laughs> almost <laughs> well, certainly. Well, yeah. Okay. Um, before we sign off, I would just like to uh, take a moment here and thank the growing listen listenership that, <laughs> that we have uh, that we have been gaining over over the past couple of months. It's, uh, it's really nice to see all the listens coming in 
and we hope that you all are enjoying what you are listening to. Um, so thank you all for, for tuning in and checking us out. And also I would like to thank Kailea because in addition to uh, providing her opinions and her voice, she also does all the editing on the podcast. So thank you very much for that. I do all the sound stuff. All the sound stuff. <laughs> okay. So if it's bad, blame me. Which I which actually know. Sometimes you can blame Tony because he won't speak into the, the microphone. But that's never actually an issue. Okay. <laughs> uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, for A Tale of Two Bookworms, my name is Tony. I am Kylea. And good reading. Yes. Yes. So much good reading. Sometimes bad reading. We'll be more on that later. But not today. <laughs> <laughs>